Welcome to episode 84 of the Eat for Endurance podcast. My name is Claire Shorenstein, and I'm a board-certified sports dietitian based in Santa Cruz, California. I provide virtual nutrition services to athletes of all abilities, and I host this podcast to demonstrate that there is no one-size-fits-all nutrition approach for optimal health and performance. Today, I am so, so, so excited to have fellow sports dietitian Dawn Jackson-Blattner on the show. She's a two-time author, a very well-known media dietitian. She won ABC's reality TV show, My Diet is Better Than Yours, and she also is the head sports dietitian of the Chicago Cubs for 10 seasons, so she knows her stuff. Dawn has a really joyful, captivating personality, as you will soon hear. And if you're watching this video on my YouTube page, you'll see for yourself. She is all about positive nutrition and the idea of joy as a nutrient. And that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today, including how approaching nutrition in this way can impact health and performance. I love how Dawn speaks about nutrition, and I send very similar messaging to my own clients and followers, and that's actually how we connected. I encourage them to feel themselves fully so that they can feel good, perform well, and just as importantly, have fun, both in their sport and in other aspects of their lives. Because no one is having fun, obviously, when they're tired and underfed, sick, injured, burnt out, or not treating their body well in other ways. It's not to say that every moment is joyful and fun. Like, hello, I have two young kids and I have live a real life and there are many really, really tough moments. And of course, I've had my fair share of crappy workouts and races. We all have, right? But we need to create and nurture moments of joy while learning how to trust and appreciate our bodies, be, being kinder to ourselves. That's such a huge one for me. I am so hard on myself all the time. And we need to feel our body in a way that feels good and is sustainable. We go through all of this and so much more. I know you're going to love this chat I had with Dawn. So let's dive in. Dawn, welcome to the Ephraim Endurance Podcast. I'm so excited hey, you're thanks here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I um, I was drawn by your invitation that you said, hey, I love all your joy talk. Uh, let's mm-hmm. let's do that. I do, I do that. Let's talk about it. I was like, the world needs this, Claire. I'm in. Yeah. Absolutely. And I really am excited. I mean, you also call it positive nutrition. I've seen like you throw around that term, but joy as a nutrient is our topic today. I'm super stoked to dig into that. And even though I talk about it a little bit differently, um, I mean, sometimes use the word joy. Sometimes it's fun. It's like, that's kind of what we're getting after. And, and it's like, what's the point otherwise? But there's so much more to it, which as we'll kind of talk about today. Um, but before we do that, since many of my listeners may not be familiar with you, can you just give us a little background on yourself as a dietitian, as an athlete, or if you don't like calling yourself an athlete, as someone who moves her body, however you want to think about it? Yes. Okay. So Don Jackson Blattner here, DJB, like you said. Uh, I became a dietitian because I was very much confused about how to eat. My parents fed me like fat-free diets. Um, then I was uh, like looking all around. I was like, does anyone know how to eat? Like I should just go to school and figure this out for myself. And so I did. And then I was like, hey, this is kind of cool. Maybe I'll uh, actually do this for a job, <laughs> you know? And so I uh, became a dietitian there. And then my dream job was to either work in a health food store or a spa. And so my first job was working in a health food store. My second job was working in a spa. And uh, then I got into more media and television and started doing regular TV segments here in Chicago, national TV segments, became an academy spokesperson, did even more media. 
Uh, and that is how the Chicago Cubs found me. They saw me always uh. doing media. And they said, hey, you seem like you talk science. You know what's happening. We want to interview you uh, for the position of the head dietitian for the Chicago Cubs. So I walked right in and I said, I have no idea how many innings are in a baseball game. And uh, here's the deal. I can change your entire clubhouse culture, uh, but I'm going to have to go back and get my CSSD because I don't actually have like all the sports training that I need. Um, but mm. if you really are looking for someone to set the culture for you, I can do that. And so they said, yeah, we need, we need the culture shift here of like being into nutrition, go get your CSSD, go figure out your actual credentials here, girl, and uh, help us. And so I was the head dietitian for the Chicago Cubs for 10 years, uh, did win a world series in there, uh, which was very cool. Um, authored two books, The Flexitarian Diet and Superfood Swap. Uh, Superfood Swap uh, won a reality show with me. So we went on a yep. reality show on ABC <laughs> and uh, had a contestant who followed the program. And um, it was very much fun forward, fun forward. And so between the Cubs and the reality show and doing all this stuff. Oh, and I had a TV show that was not even nutrition. It was shopping, entertainment and events here in Chicago. Uh, oh. I really started, um, you know, looking at my life in all of that work. And there was a point in uh, 2012 where I hated it. I didn't love anything I was doing and everyone thought I was doing cool stuff. And I was like, wow, I made a life that looks cool on the outside and is mm. miserable to wake up and live. I absolutely hated it. So I hired a joy coach. She's not a joy coach. She's a, um, a business coach. And I just said, listen, mm. I know you're a business coach, but I don't know anybody else to coach me. Could you just figure out a way to get me more joy in my job? I did this because I liked it uh, initially, and somehow I managed to ruin it. <laughs> and I feel like I, again, only sought out joy to help myself. I was not interested in sharing this with anybody. But then I was like, oh, my God, this is like really important stuff that I think actually I could use in my job, not just for myself to do my job, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but actually with my own clients, because it really saved my life. It saved me. It saved my career. Um, and so joy really became a success tool for me. And I was like, you know, I can share this with other people. So that's really where that came about um, is like how I started harnessing more joy. And your point about movement, I love to jump rope. I love You're to very talented heavy stuff. <gasps> Thank you, Claire. I'll wait for a it's moment very to hear that again. Would you say it again? <laughs> <laughs> you are a very talented jump roper, I, I will say. It is extremely impressive watching you. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I picked it up in the pandemic because my gym closed and I didn't know what else to do for fitness. And I really disliked it to begin with, but then pushed through the first couple of weeks and was like, oh, you know what? I'm getting better at this. I like this. Um, but I love to lift heavy things. I love the past two years. I have been not like just lifting weights, but like really pushing myself to lift heavier and heavier weights. Love the feeling of being strong. Uh, love um, a trampoline. I have an office trampoline actually right back here. An office trampoline. Again? Love it. Yeah. No, girl. I can't see it's it, like, but I, I can yeah. imagine it. <laughs> Office trampoline. So I actually really quite love that. I love a hot girl walk uh, to listen to podcasts, stuff like that. But without exercise, I'm a miserable person. And so a definite joy tool for me is uh, movement, movement, yeah. movement. 
So I love, I love that like you came into this field, not like what often when I talk to a sports dietitian or someone with a CSSD, it's like, they, you know, they were an athlete. They knew they wanted to do this. I know for myself, like I knew I wanted to get into sports nutrition, but for you, it kind of just happened, I guess it sounds like, which is really fascinating. But I mean, and you didn't even know much about baseball. I also don't know anything about baseball, but uh, that's, that's really, but it's so, it's so interesting, but it's also awesome because you know, as we say, like movement, exercise, you know, there's so much to it outside of like, uh, like an actual sport, you know, and there, and, and that can be really important for, for so many people to not feel like intimidated by, oh, you have to do a sport. And I use the word athlete very, I throw it around a lot. And I, I consider anyone who really moves their body an athlete because I feel like people need to fuel themselves as such. And otherwise people don't always take themselves seriously. Oh, well, you know, I'm not, running a hundred miles a week. I don't need to eat that much or whatever it is, but, um, but yeah, so I, I love that. I love the trampoline of the jump roping. Um, I know we're definitely going to be getting into the whole idea of play, uh, you know, as part of this whole joy as a nutrient thing. So we'll get into that more, but yeah, very fascinating with 10 years with the Cubs and that wasn't even what you kind of set out to do. Yeah, uh, definitely not. And I definitely use that as an example, one of many examples of how lead with your strengths and don't be embarrassed about your shortcomings. Um, So many people don't go for stuff. You don't go for your dreams. You don't go for jobs. You don't do this stuff because you think you don't have everything that's on their little checklist of Mm. what they require for the job. It's like merch right in. Head, Head high, babe. And guess what? Say what you're good at. Tell them what your strengths are. And maybe they want that. And that is what I did in that job. I was like, you know, I'm not going to get this job. And I was like, wait, maybe I will. Maybe I will get this job because I am strong in certain things. And I'm going to lead with that. And so many jobs that I have had, like even the TV show that wasn't nutrition, I went in with my head high about what I am good at. And it wasn't matching what they wanted initially, but they, I swayed them. <laughs> so I think it's a great lesson of also being open to the opportunity. I have a real um, belief that I wake up, I do the work in front of me with enthusiasm, and I stay open to all possibilities. And so I think maybe if I was so you know headstrong about like, I didn't come into this world to do sports that I would have lost the opportunity to see how much of a leader I could be, to see Mm -hmm. I was a thought leader. I hired people. I had a philosophy. Like I really wowed myself in that job. And had I not gone for it, um, you know, I would never know. So anyway, you know, I think it's a good, it's a good rule of thumb. Stay open. Even if you think you know what you want. Yeah, absolutely. And let's, I mean, I think that's a great segue into today's topic, which, you know, joy is a nutrient, which really captures your whole approach to nutrition and lifestyle behaviors, right? And maybe you can just start by explaining, you know, what you mean when you say joy. Like, how do you, how would you define joy and how is joy different than happiness? And what does that all yeah. mean to you? Okay, I've gotten down a real research rabbit hole with joy. In fact, I am taking right now a class at Stanford. Uh, oh, that cool. is the science of joy. And I definitely am somebody who enjoys science and not just fluff. So for a while, I personally fought joy. 
Uh, and this is what I've come to find out that many people do as a protection mechanism of like, you know, joy is kind of stupid. Joyful people aren't really serious and disciplined and focused. Um, you know, I wish I could be joyful, but I'm trying to go hard for my hustle and my goals. And I was like, mm. I used to be that person. <laughs> I used to be that person that thought joy was pretty stupid. And people who did it weren't goal oriented and disciplined and had willpower and whatever. And come to find out the opposite is true. It's like, what are you talking about? So here's the, in a nutshell, uh, joy there are two different versions of it. And this is, I think, the confusing thing for people is that there's excited joy that I think most people are familiar with. It's like, oh my gosh, this is great. Excited joy. There's also serene joy. It's like, you know what? Wow. You know, I woke up, beautiful sun. I'm feeling joyful. I feel surrounded by people I enjoy. I'm doing things that I like to do, you know, whatever. So there's two types of joy. There's sort of excited joy and the serene joy. And in my research of really trying to get down to what is it, it's a skill set, baby. This is the best news of anything that you could ever learn about joy is that it isn't just a feeling. It's a skill set. And what? why is that so good? Why should we care? Is a skill set is something you can practice and get good at. If you mm-hmm. decide to be brave enough to choose the option to live a joy-filled life, you can practice the skills. And I have deduced, again, through personal practice and, you know, reading research and really just also, this makes sense, uh, is that I made an acronym. If you want to find joy, you use joy GPS, GPS, you know, it's like, yeah, on your car, it could get you places. Um, but if you do the joy version, Each letter stands for something you could practice to get more joy. Uh, G, gratitude. P is play or fun. And the S is simplicity. And those are things we can sort of dive into each one by one. But I I got some questions on this. (laughs) Yeah, I did not realize. So again, just to be clear, I was doing joy stuff secretly to try and enjoy my job. And I thought it had nothing to do with nutrition. I thought there was like, mm-hmm. it's not, they're two different things. And the more I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, everything I'm personally learning, I could then teach my clients in the nutrition field and having more gratitude, having more fun in play, having more simplicity was actually everything that was making them better at their nutrition. I was like, oh my gosh. It all fits together. <laughs> this is crazy. So then, you know, I started leaning into it more. Um, you know, this the concept of joy is a nutrient, just like fiber, vitamin C is something that you need um, in mm-hmm. order to really do this well. And, you know, what is that? Fuel to perform in any way you want, whether that is sports yep. or whether that is just at your job right here. I'm, you know, I'm performing, you know, it's like mm-hmm. joy. Mm-hmm. I need joy as one of the nutrients to do that well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think what can be hard for some people is, you know, when someone's really struggling and whether it's with nutrition or something or body or something else completely different, that whole concept of joy can be really hard to grasp. So what tips or tricks or advice do you have for people who feel really distant from that sense of joy? Zero force it. That whole fake it until you make it and, you know, force a smile and all that stuff. Garbage trash talk is the worst thing you can do is try and be a faker. 
Um, The best thing you can do is slow it down and pick one of the GPS to start Mm -hmm. goofing around with. And so, you know, for example, when I'll see somebody, um, gratitude is an interesting one because it's like, what could you be grateful for? What can you appreciate in this moment? And it's like, actually, if you want to really take your health seriously, uh, Mm -hmm. you actually really do need to have body gratitude. So it's where I start for most people, not body positivity, not Mm -hmm. body neutrality, not all the things people are talking about, body gratitude, going into the shower when you're nude alone with your body and like, thank it. You know what? Fingers, you're pretty cool. Like, I can't believe you move (laughs) around and like, this is great, you know? Or like, hey, knees, how very cool that you're moving. You know, hey, I can't believe I'm able to bend my elbows. Seeing, that's cool. Like, how awesome. You know, Um, so the idea of really thanking your magical human body for things, and it might really be like very small thing at first. And that's cool because it moves you into the direction of joy. You don't have to force yourself to be joyful. You just have to look in the direction and start catching it, you know, and like, oh, this is, I, I can be grateful for this. Um, that doesn't take positivity to be grateful um, or to appreciate. And so I think that's a good starting place for people. Actually, you know, what's funny, Claire, is when I was mm-hmm. doing this for the, uh, re- when I was really in the dumps, like to your point of like, you feel like you're in the dumps and there's just no way out. Um, and I hired this coach. She had me for homework do uh, a seven day joy journal. And I was like, you know what? No problem. I get all A's all the time. I will ace this. Goodbye. <laughs> you know, I hung up the phone. I was like, I'm ready to roll. And I really tried. I'm not kidding. I really tried for seven days to try and figure out what could I write on this piece of paper that made me joyful. And I had zero with trying. I had zero things on the paper the next week we met. And so that's Mm -hmm. where it was that I finally was like talking to her and said, oh my God, I have a weird idea of what joy is. I thought it was like, you know, euphoria and like, oh my God, everything's great. And I didn't have anything in seven days that felt like that. Everything felt like the dump. Mm -hmm. And that's where it was like, oh wait, slow it down. Joy isn't some kind of euphoric state. It's just this idea of a little gratitude. Was it a little pop of fun? Was there something simple that just was like, put you at ease? It's like, oh, these things can be on your joy journal. So the very first thing in mind was coffee. Yeah. I was like, I like, I think I like coffee, you know? And then Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, I like being up in the morning. I like morning. I like morning. And then it was like, Oh, I was in an elevator with someone. I was like, I sort of like talking to strangers in an elevator. I was like, okay, I like talking to strangers in an elevator. And I like dressed in pink <laughs> pants one day. And I was like, I like these pink pants. And I was like, oh, I like I might like wearing color. Like, and so then all of a sudden, without forcing it and just trying to catch what was already there, uh, it was really shocking. I started having more and more stuff. And then it became these really, I call it now instead of a joy journal, because I feel like that's overwhelming, is calling a micro joy journal. Like finding mm-hmm. the smallest, tiniest, littlest, mm-hmm. little, tiny, tiny, tiny microscopic thing. Uh, and that felt less yeah. overwhelming to me to start like mm-hmm. a micro 
joy journal. Um, and on the other side of it, I also keep uh, um, a micro frustration journal because not everything is joyful and some things are frustrating AF. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. uh, when I write down frustration, I then know because joy is a skill set that I could go in mm. and potentially increase my gratitude for that frustration by 5% or I could increase my play or fun level 5% or I could consider as a way to simplify it uh, 5%. And so like I will even try now playing with adding GPS to frustrating things to see if I can turn the tide. Yeah. Well, thanks for explaining that. And, and, you know, maybe our listeners are like, well, how does this relate to food and nutrition and movement and all stuff? But it does, it does so much because, you know, we think about what stress does to our body, just as an example. Right. And, um, we think something I talk to my clients all the time about is, is like, we can't always just use exercise, for instance, as a stress reliever. First of all, it's a form of physical stress on your body, especially if it's endurance sports. But, um, but we need like all kinds of different things in our toolbox and all everything you're talking about. I mean, all of these things are so connected and, you know, being more grateful or showing appreciation for small things, whether it's towards your body or towards something else. I mean, this all influences our other you know, behaviors of taking care of our, you know, care of ourselves and our mental health and all that stuff. So it is very much connected. And the thing that comes to mind for me, I have two little girls and, you know, definitely life is hard sometimes and there's lots of frustration. Um, but there are also these really small moments that, um, are very joyful. And, you know, when you said serene joy, the first thing that came to mind this past weekend, um, there had been crazy storms out here in California. So we were inside all weekend, you know, with the rain and power outages and whatever, but we were all just doing like arts and crafts, which kind of goes into that whole play thing, right? Um, I have absolutely rediscovered my love of art and like arts and crafts. It's just amazing. I love it so much. But, um, but we we're all just sitting there and like my girls were like painting and doing things and I was like painting and I was doing some sea glass art or something. And it was just like so amazing. And we were all just in our happy place and like, it didn't last all that long, but you know, it was just such a, it was a moment. And then of course, like the next hour, everyone's screaming and fighting and whatever, but, yep. but it's appreciating these moments of joy or whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah, I, I really do have a lot of gratitude for those moments because even more so because of how insanely hard and exhausting the other moments are. So, um, yeah, I've, I've started definitely in my own life practicing, you know, gratitude and just recognizing those moments for sure. Um, it, it's huge. They yeah. are there. It's like slowing down to catch it. Well, another lesson yeah. that I learned early on in uh, my own joy counseling was <laughs> this concept that why I was so joyless was that I was very outcomes oriented as a person. Mm, and so yeah. I only got excited when I got a gold star. I did not give any cares in the world about how I got there. I just wanted to win. I wanted to mm-hmm. ace it. I wanted to be the best. I wanted acknowledgement. You know, I'm a winner and I will show you how many gold stars I have, you know? And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I only get a blip of good feeling when I'm so outcomes driven. But if yeah. I start enjoying the process, so I wake up on Wednesday and I enjoy the PowerPoint presentation that I'm doing, you know, or I enjoy whatever work I'm working on. 
Um, I get extended joy. I don't just wait for the gold star. So this is what I apply when you say like, how does this work for actually somebody in nutrition? Well, Mm. one of the things is to say, listen, in order to really catch joy, you cannot be an outcomes oriented person. You can't just wait for the scale number to change. You just can't wait for your body composition to change. You just can't wait to be happy when you won the world series or whatever. It's like you must enjoy the entire process by looking for these little micro things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and the other thing too is, um, you know, the fun and the play piece of it, the, you know, next part beyond the G, the P of GPS, um, is like, you know, that also doesn't have to be, uh, super dramatic. (laughs) You know what I mean? It could be that it's just like, Oh, you know what this, how do I make this playful? How do I make this fun? It's like, maybe I could listen to music when I'm washing the dishes, or maybe, you know, I can be doing something that is bringing me a little joy. And, you know, I can personally take the joy out of a lot of stuff. So jump rope we talked about. Mm. I love it. It's so much fun. I do it with a girlfriend. Uh, she's my teacher. And we put on like little performances. Like I got it. I mm-hmm. love it. I feel so proud of myself for what I've accomplished and how good I am. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is so wonderful. I can somehow take the joy out of that by being super competitive, by pushing mm-hmm. myself to levels of whatever, by only focusing on the trick I cannot do. How can I not do this? You know, and, and so it's like, wait, I literally can take something I love and suck the joy mm-hmm. out of it. I am so good at that. So I say, wait a second. I think my I think there's a clue here that I'm being too outcomes oriented and I need to mm-hmm. refocus on this idea of slowing it down, enjoying the process, put a little fun into it, put a little serenity into it, put a little simplicity mm-hmm. into it, mm-hmm. um, be more grateful about the, you know, the tricks yeah. you can do, you know, whatever yeah. it is. So it's, there's literally nothing that you cannot use Joy GPS for, whether that's at your job, whether your job is sports, whether it is you and having a fun hobby that somehow you learn how to hate because you, mm-hmm. you can, you can dampen joy wherever you want. Um, but again, the cool part is, is it's a skill set, and people yeah. who are into performance, I, what I do is I teach joy experiments. Don't believe me. Uh, who am I? I'm giving you an idea that I want you to experiment with. And if mm-hmm. you believe that, you know, there is a possibility that joy can be a success tool in your nutrition, in your sport, in whatever you're doing, if there is a little glimmer that sounds interesting here, it's like, okay, do an experiment, you know, and it could be any experiment. It could be, you know, where can I put more gratitude? Where can I put more play? Where can I put more simplicity up? Oh, maybe I am being outcomes oriented, slow my roll, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so, I, and the experiments are, you know, they speak for themselves. You're like, oh my God, when I am yeah. having fun, I get more jobs. When I am having fun, I'm actually better at my sport. When I am having fun, I don't actually feel the need to binge eat at night because I've enjoyed my food all day. I can't mm-hmm. believe when I'm having fun, I don't care how long my gym class has gone over because I've been loving every minute of it. You know, it's just yep. like, it's unbelievable. So what joy technically then does, if you start looking at these things, joy can make you more brave to try new things and to go for it because you're not taking everything so seriously. 
it can make you more creative, just like your craft corner that you're like, oh my mm-hmm, God, where mm-hmm. is this coming from? It's like, oh, you're in a place of joy. You're more creative. Mm-hmm. It makes you more, you know, daring, just similar to bold that it's just like, you're willing to make that call. You're willing to take that shot. You're willing to push yourself and give yourself that because you're just in this better place and you can outwork everybody. You have more energy naturally occurring inside of yourself. So you can basically be the best worker ever because it doesn't feel hard. It feels joyful. So, hey, do I want, would I like to try an experiment where I feel more brave, more creative, more daring, and actually have more energy? It's like, yes, I'll try that. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I know for myself personally, I mean, I have so much work um, for myself to do here. Just as someone, I mean, first of all, the things you were describing, the gold stars, outcome. I mean, like talk about stereotypical dietitian first of all, <laughs> type A dietitian, right? Um, but well, Claire, you know, may I, I say I think dietitians are not type A. I think we're type A plus. <laughs> oh, yes, that a hundred, yeah, a hundred percent for sure. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely, if I wasn't getting a hundred percent, I was like, what did I do? Um, right. Yeah, no, I uh, I can relate to that so much, and I know I have a lot of work of my own to do there because I, I certainly can catch myself being overly hard on myself, taking things really seriously, wondering, like, you know, falling into the comparison trap, wondering why am I not here? I should be here, not there and all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, a lot of the things that you're preaching and, and I definitely, you know, when I work with clients, I'm bringing some of this in, but I'm, I'm very inspired by a lot of what you're doing. That makes me, um, you know, just hearing the things that you're suggesting. I know that I want to work into myself, but kind of going back to that play, I want to talk about play for a minute. Yeah. I mean, for the physical aspects of play, because you break it down to the physical and the creative, you know, I really think that can be, we can bring play into any sport. And, you know, so for me in trail running, um, you know, I know sometimes for some people, it can be really hard to tap into that playful side. If you are super competitive, if you are really focused on an outcome, as you say, you're so outcome focused, but, you know, I know for me when I'm, you know, I'm not that competitive anymore and I don't really care about my times or anything, but like, just like, being able to tap into, for instance, just adventure, exploration, curiosity, just like the on wonder of nature. Like, oh my God, I live in the most beautiful place. Like how lucky am I? And just like soaking it all in, staring at the redwoods or the beach or wherever I'm at, you know, um, rather than getting too caught up in like my, what pace I'm at, how slow or fast I'm running or whatever. And, and there's also a reason why, you know, when you're running with friends and you're running buddies, the miles just kind of like go by and it's so much fun or you're jump roping with a friend, your teacher, whatever, you know, things just kind of click and it's, you're very social. There's just so much that goes into that. And, um, yeah, so, so I think this aspect of play is, is so important that if, you know, people are able, whatever their sport is or whatever other part of their life they're struggling with, you know, is there, is there a way that we can bring play in? And as you said, it doesn't have to be being silly or any of that. Cause even with my kids, sometimes like, I know that play will diffuse a situation. I'm just like, Oh, I don't want to, I I can't do this. Can't pull that out right now. But, um, but yeah, doing dishes and putting on something fun to listen to that makes you giggle or, or just, you know, it makes it more enjoyable. I think that's, a really important piece of our lives. A lot of us kind of miss. Oh my gosh. Yes. And in fact, uh, for, I don't know how many years now I have a prompt on my phone that pops up, uh, randomly. I have it set random Mm. that says, are you having fun? 
Are you having fun? It comes up. It comes up because, I, you know, because I, I can definitely, I, you know, um, I think that's a big misconception. It's like, you know, people, joyful people are joyful people. It's like, mm-hmm. no, probably the person who is screaming about joy the most is the one who is practicing it the hardest, <laughs> you know? And it's like, so having yeah. that uh, prompt come up, it's like, no, actually, I'm not having fun. And it's like, well, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. I really believe that if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. So if it's that PowerPoint presentation, I'm that has a due date, you know, how can I make this more fun? Because if I'm miserable doing it, I am going to be miserable presenting it and people are going to be miserable mm-hmm. listening to it. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it, it absolutely matters, you know? And so it's like, okay, so that like a random prompt that, you know, comes up, it really does remind me. And, um, you know, like you're saying about adding a little bit of fun. Fun can come through people. Yes. Fun can th- come through outfits. Fun can, th- music is one of the highest um, and quickest ways for people to have a more joyful attitude. What's cool, mm-hmm. um, what I'm learning in my class right now is uh, you mentioned uh, at the top sort of how it's, it, what is it between that and happiness? And so like happiness, when, when you ask someone, are you happy? They tend mm-hmm. to do like a global assessment of their whole life. Yeah. Are you happy? Yeah. So they think about their, you know, bratty kids that just threw a tantrum over there, or they think Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. all the dishes that are piled up, or they think about how they didn't fold the laundry. They think of all this stuff. And it's very hard to get somebody to say like, yeah, I'm happy because there's got to be something that's probably off, you know, that not everything Mm -hmm. is right. So I can't really say I'm happy. Joy, on the other hand, is just these mini moments. It's like it's a thing that you're you're, you're like, oh, wait, am I joyful? It doesn't feel so like I have to assess everything in my life. It's like, oh. You know, oh yeah, you know what? I did. I had a good cup of coffee today. <laughs> you know, I could be joyful about that. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a lot more tangible than just like living as a you know as a upbeat, you know, happy person. It's like you know, it really is a skill set you can practice. And all you have to do is want to be in the direction of it. You know, you don't even yeah. have to be, um, you know, like good at it. You just have to just be like, I'm willing to practice this. Yeah. And it's, it's so funny hearing you describe this. Cause I mean, I obviously don't know you that, that well, but from what I've seen, you've always, you know, been, you know, bright colors, neon colors, lots of energy, so positive, like good vibes, all this stuff. And, and it's interesting to hear you say that this kind of, like, I just, I guess, assumed this was always who you were, but it sounds like this really came out of this place of realizing that your life was not joyful and you yeah. kind of just cultivated well, all this for yourself. Yeah, Claire, I did everything I was supposed to do, right? The promise I thought was if you work hard and you are mm-hmm. excelling, you will come to the promised land, you know? You will get <laughs> the joy and happiness, you know? You yeah. have the money, you have the job, you have the accolades, you have the husband, you have the friends, you have... I have all the stuff. I checked off all the boxes. Why do I not feel how I thought I was supposed to feel? And so mm-hmm. it, it was truly out of the concept of, well, I guess, I guess that was a, a bill of goods I was sold and that's all yeah. duped me. It, I got duped in this. So yeah, it was really me. At, you know, a funny thing is like at my wedding, even my dad, when in his speech, he was like, she's never really been a kid. You know, she really got out of the womb and she was just like bossing us around. It was in charge of things, you know? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, it's so funny to think back. And it's like, yeah. I mean, he gave me a, a talk when I was in college when we were driving to school. He said, you know, college isn't just for studying. 
And I was like, Dad, you have no idea what I'm trying to accomplish here. Stop it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I've come, now I come to party, not joking. I come to like family parties in like unicorn wings and like headbands of yeah. flowers. And people are like, I'm overcorrecting for years of not understanding that is how so it was funny. supposed to work, you know? So this yeah. is, you, you might be seeing an overcorrection now, but it's like, I learned how the world is, there's like this secret, this is like secret. And I feel like I, you know, I'm able to share it. I've, I've sort of tapped into something. And not and, 100% and the idea, of the time, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I think that's an important thing to say. I mean, we're both two people living real lives. Like, it's not all, you know, fun and flowers all the time no. and bright colors. No. Like, there are real moments where things feel like crap, yep. and that's just life, yep. right? Um, oh, my gosh. But, again, exactly. harnessing those joyful moments and being grateful for them and, and all that. And I think, I think the other thing that – I mean, you talk about it being a skill set, and – and not faking it till you make it. And for you, I mean, again, I don't know you that well, but I do get the sense. I mean, it is very genuine, you know, because some people are putting on a facade and are whatever, putting on a smile or whatever. Um, I don't get, I never get that feeling from you, you know, and, and thanks, yeah, thanks I, for saying that. You know, and, um, you know, when I, when I saw you at the now event in September or whatever it was, you know, when I got to talk to you after the presentation, I mean, you could just tell that's who you are. You know, some people, again, it's like they put on their, their thing and then they're who they are. Right. And this is just like one and the same, which is amazing that you're able to cultivate for that, you know, that for yourself. And some, again, it's very, it's very inspiring from, from where I sit. Cause I know I, I have some work to do on, on oh my, my gosh. Uh, cultivating of joy, but, um, yeah. no. So no, just, I just want to throw that in there. You keeping it real though. I mean, it really is like, and another thing that I think is interesting is that, you know, it can be simultaneously. So like I was at a funeral this weekend and simultaneously, hmm. I could be two things. I could be miserable and sad and I can still have appreciation. I can still find a little bit of joy in what memories I can still, you know, try and just be two things. You know, I don't even always mm -hmm. have to pick, you know, is yeah. that it things I could have many parts of me working. And so, you know, applying this to clients as, you know, as sort of you were saying is like, okay, well, how does this, you know, all translate? You know, it, it, you could pick literally anything, you know, so it's like anything my clients will do, they'll be like, oh, you know, it's the new year. It's like, I'm definitely going to eat less pizza this year or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. okay, well, like, yeah, that is the traditional way that people think about going about changing things. What if we focus more on sort of this positive nutrition idea? Mm. Um, I have the website positivenutritiontherapy.com. Uh, oh, really? About, oh, uh -huh. awesome. <laughs> because I'm like, you know, do I do medical nutrition therapy? I'm like, maybe. I said, I think oh, I'm that's doing so uh, funny. positive nutrition positive therapy. Nutrition ther I love that. Um, I love that. Even more. Um, <clears throat> but it's like, you know, saying, okay, how about we just figure out ways to add more nutrition in yeah. so just automatically first trying to chop things out. Yeah. Um, and even like every month I, I, because I'm still obsessed with gold stars to some degree, uh, I print out for myself a gold star tracker because I'm not, I'm trying not to be an outcome oriented person, mm -hmm. but I'm tracking daily habits. So I pick a few mm -hmm, habits mm -hmm. each month to track. And that allows me to stay in the process. I did the same thing with my clients. We're not going to pick some outcome goal. We're going to pick mm -hmm. a habit, a tiny one that you actually want to work on. Yeah. We are going to yeah. track that habit over a month. 
and we are going to see how it goes, you know, and um, some of the ha- like the habits that I have this month for even myself um, is like plan a lunch, uh, eat one dessert instead of 7,000 and make it your most fun, happy dessert ever. Um, not cut out all desserts. Never eat this. Mm-hmm. Like, da, 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 mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm, um, uh, listen to a podcast or read 15 minutes before bed, like keeping it simple, I, you know, is part of a joy thing. Uh, I work with mm-hmm. a lot of clients on simplicity. I, I've started doing uh, the core four with everybody. It's let's just don't worry about anything except for sleep, move, protein, poop. That's all. You got four <laughs> things. That's all you're going to worry about. And so we pick, you know, we keep it simple by keeping it those four things. We keep it playful by saying, Want balance own. What do you want to eat is where we always start. Mm-hmm. What do you want to eat? Now let's figure out how to balance it so that you feel good about it. Uh, and then yeah. own own it like a boss. Don't sit there and eat it and feel shameful and bad. If you're an adult. You can eat what you want. Own it. Be a boss. And so then we work on want balance own it. It feels playful and it feels fun and it feels positive. You know, uh, you know we work on body gratitude. You know we talked about. So there's a lot of uh, things that you could do even in your own, you know, world or practice or whatever to say, okay, you know, am I doing these things with clients? You know, am I doing them mm-hmm. in my own life? Um, yeah. Cause it really, like I said, it, it's hard not to see it everywhere, but also getting back to the point, like it's also so important that you don't fake it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's yeah. so important. But, yeah. It's yeah. so important. Yeah. I love, I love the idea though, of what you call positive nutrition, where you're not just focusing on what to remove, but what can you add? Because that's something I also talk about. I I think I did a post on that around surrounding the new year because, right, everyone's always like, I'm going to cut this out and cut that out and blah, blah, blah. Um, But instead, yeah, what can we add? And with, you know, at least, you know, my clients, it's often we're going to add more carbs because you're afraid of them or we're going to add, you know, foods that make you feel good, which um, which is something that, you know, I saw on your website that really jives with my approach to working on clients, you know, that you know, the whole idea that you're encouraging people, and, and this is how you phrased it, you're encouraging people to use what feels good in their bodies as a clue that they're on the right track with their nutrition. Um, and I think this is so important because I always love, you know, to ask my clients to check in with how their body feels, whether it's during exercise or outside of it, because, you know, of course you can focus on um, like, oh gosh, you know, I... Like, how can I stop eating, you know, however, you know, maybe they're eating seven desserts or whatever. It's like, well, okay, maybe that's great in that moment. But how did you feel afterwards? You know, like, and hey, there are the moments where we eat too much and it's worth it or whatever. But, but you know, again, just focusing on how things feel. And um, we can't always rely on our, like, there are times, of course, where maybe we can't always rely on our body to send us the right signals, especially in the sporting world. But, um, or in that context, I mean. But, um, but yeah, so maybe you can speak a little bit about what tips you have for my listeners, um, on ways they can really tune into their bodies, um, to use what feels good as a tool and maybe you can provide some examples. Yeah. I'll tell you, I think the, the thing that comes to me and the thing I work on a lot, and I think it's because of the world we live in, we're just so distracted. I actually don't Mm. think it's that big of a, I don't think there's anything with us that needs to really do anything other than slow down. Can you be where you are? Can you just mm-hmm. be here right now? Yeah. Be here so now. Hard. It's like so distracted. So it's like, you know, at night I'm, 
it's like, oh, I've got a TV blaring. It's a super stressful TV thing. I'm thinking about all this stuff that I didn't get done in the day. I'm like, I wonder why all I'm doing is going to the fridge and eating. You know, it's like, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it doesn't take a rocket science. All you need to do is slow down and look around and be like, oh my God, stressful TV. Oh my God, all I'm doing is focusing my mind on all the things I'm worried about. Oh my God, like, you know, whatever. And so it's like, okay, slow down is really one of the first places I start. And I got to say, people are really smart about their own life and nutrition and strategies and things beyond what I could even coach them if I help them figure out how to slow down and make sense of these things themselves. You know, it's like, sure, yeah. Do you need to eat enough all during the day so that you don't feel like you're snacking all night? Yes, of course. There's biology to this. There, yeah, you know, yeah. yes, let's, ch- we can help them check off the biology. You know, it's like, you have yeah, to, yeah. but there is psychology involved. There is uh, emotion involved. There is habituation. I just, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a Pavlovian dog, baby. I just, it's <laughs> night, it's the couch, it's the TV. Yep, Mama got to yep. go get her 13th dessert, yeah. you know? Yeah. And yeah, so it's yeah. like, it's down see what's going on and it's like you know is it biology that you really need to focus on the actual nutrients you're eating you know is it more of an emotional thing and a stressed out thing and a tense Mm -hmm. tired vibe you know or is there some just habit stuff that's going on that you know you it's you can crack a habit and I always tell people the science of habit building is just the coolest And the most important thing to realize is you can't ever break a habit. It's not about breaking a habit. It's always about swapping in a new habit. It's you don't Mm. try and stop doing something. That's how you, you can't just sit there and try and stop doing something. Try and figure out what can you put in its place and start practicing that. That's positive nutrition, right? It's positive nutrition Mm -hmm. is not trying to sit around not doing something. It's you're sitting around, what am I going to do? So it's like, oh, I'm obsessed with fabulous, fabulous desserts that I'm making myself every single night. Uh, that is my focus. It's not how can I sit on my hands and not eat dessert all night, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so anyway, I just, I really like the idea um, of slow down. It's probably not as, you know, uh, convoluted and uh, things as you might think. There really is probably a simple solution to this that can be kind of pretty fun as long as you keep it on the positive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like just, just if you're slowing down and you're not as distracted, you might actually be able to hear the body signals that are coming through. You might be able to slow down enough that you didn't eat past the point of being super full. You know, you're actually maybe chewing your food. So you're digesting it better. So you don't have as many GI issues or whatever's going on. Right. Uh, I mean, there are just so many parts to this, obviously. And there's the biology part, as you talked about, which we can, of course, work extensively on. Um, but yeah, I, I think many people are just so out of touch with their body and, um, and it can be like, they don't really know what it like and that whole aspect of like, or idea of like, well, how much is enough food or, you know, maybe they're getting so caught up on visuals that they're not actually checking in with how they feel or, oh, I feel hungry, but, oh, I just ate, I shouldn't eat anything. So they're just, there's so many parts to this. So that's definitely something I, I talk to people a lot about. Um, the other thing, um, that I really loved on your website. That's again, really aligned to my approach is that you define someone's best weight as the healthiest you can possibly be while still enjoying your life. And I agree with with this like a thousand percent, um, that it's not about a number on a scale, but it's about many different markers of health and also what works for you in the context of your life right now and where you're at. But this is so hard for most people, you know, and, (gasps) Oh, um, yes. Oh, yes. 
And so it's just really hard to accept. So I want to know how you approach this with someone, especially when they're not happy with their weight. I can certainly add a little bit about what happens in my practice, but I'm really curious to hear from you. Okay. So the first thing is that I, I think this is helpful for me is that the scale can never, can never, it can never measure how strong you are. It can never measure how happy you are. And mm-hmm. it can never actually ma- measure how fit you are. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, or healthy, you know, like that's the mm-hmm. other thing. It's like, how many people do we know? Oh, the scale might be great. Look at their cholesterol. Look at their blood pressure. Look at their blood sugar. So it's like, if it's not measuring my strength fitness, if it's not measuring my happiness and it's not measuring how healthy I am. Why am I, why do I care so much? Oh, I'll mm-hmm. tell you why you care. I'll tell you why you care because it's cool to measure things. It's cool to put in work. And it's cool to have some kind of outcome you're watching. And so I understand because I am someone who loves to achieve goals, that it's an easy, cheap way to have a box of springs that I stand on and it can measure something, but it's measuring the wrong thing is the biggest problem. So that's why a lot of times I have very much encouraged people to get out of the idea of outcomes management and get into the idea of process management, mm-hmm. meaning Same. track your habits. You have a hundred percent control over a habit. So not any habit, not a habit that someone told you you should change, a habit you want to change because you're not feeling good about it. And you say, okay, I'm going to track this habit. You got to track it to change it. You got to track it to change it. Track this habit and watch how things happen. Do you feel stronger? Do you feel happier? You know, do you feel healthier? Okay. I love the idea of saying, think about tracking something because that's why people love the scale and consider doing habit tracking because it is a more joyful process because you're in it as opposed to waiting into the finish line. Mm -hmm. However, if I have somebody, I am not somebody who says we can't have that data point. I'm not somebody who says, oh my gosh, you can never use this scale. I'm saying, Mm -hmm. listen, it's not measuring anything, right? But if you want to keep it, I'm not going to act like some emotional, like we can't have it, so get away. Um, but I have what's called the terms of use that if you are going to use a scale working with me, you must apply these principles. Hey, everybody, just a quick break for a few announcements. First, my Teachable School is finally up and running, and I'll be launching my course, Peak Performance, that I've been working on for ages next week. I'm putting the finishing touches on it, and I'm so excited to share it with you all. It really is the culmination of my nearly 10 years as a registered dietitian working with active people like all of you. I'll have early bird pricing up when it launches, and if you want an additional special discount, be sure to join my email list before I send my monthly newsletter out. Out next week. You'll get a winter fueling guide freebie plus lots of nutrition tips, recipes, and more just for joining my email list. If you're not interested in the course, I'm also selling some awesome mini guides. They're essentially mini ebooks on a variety of performance nutrition and everyday nutrition topics on my Teachable School. You can get each one for just five to ten bucks, and I also have a discounted bundle available. These will be part of my course, so no need to buy them separately if you're already planning to get the course. You can head on over to the services page of my website, eatforendurance.com, or you can go to the link in my Instagram bio to grab the link to my Teachable School. 
Second, I have been neglecting my Patreon site for so long now, um, but I am back to trying to grow my little community over there. I added a new tier where for just six bucks a month, you get free merch, including my awesome hat and sticker. You get special discounts on my digital downloads and so much more. And if we get enough people over there, I'll start doing some bonus episodes. Right now, I only have five people, so we're not quite there yet. Please come join us. And if you just want to grab my merch, as I've said in other episodes, just go on over to the shop page on my website and you can grab it there. Lastly, if you've been thinking about reaching out for one-to-one nutrition coaching, now is your chance. I have some openings for new clients in late February and early March, and I do take additional clients on a rolling basis as other client programs finish. Again, check out the services page on my website for more information if you're interested, and you can book a free 10-minute call to see if we're a good fit. All right, let's get back to our show. So the first one is zero motion science and data only. There is no celebration. If things are going down, there is no celebration. If things are in whatever, there's no defeat. If it's you know up, there is no emotion. If you cannot get on that device, easier that said than spring, done. <laughs> yes. And, and guess what? And that's why I say, if you cannot yeah. do the data collection like a scientist, and I don't mind if it's every day, whatever, get on there. You look at the number with zero judgment, zero anything. It is recorded and you are a scientist. You can't do it. I don't think the scale is for you. We can Mm -hmm. find something else. We can do body composition every eight, 12 weeks, whatever. We could do something else. I need you to have no emotion up or down celebration or defeat. Nothing, none of it. Science, baby. Number two, if you can do that first one, number two is you mustn't look at the number, but for every four weeks, this is not, if your weight changes day to day, oh my gosh, your water changed. Your weight yeah. is not changing day to day. Small <laughs> changes are water. Give me yeah. a break. Yeah. Give me yeah. a break. Or poop. So you must not, yeah, yeah, exactly. Water or poop. There you go. You, you can't look at it day to day. You can collect it day to day like a scientist with no emotion. However, you cannot yeah. look at it day to day. You can look at it, you know, month to month, perhaps, right? And look at the general trend from month to month. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. your little daily ships is now water. Now I'm going to say what you said. Water. Or poop. Or poop. <laughs> so bottom line though, you know, truly, truly, truly terms of uses, that's one, that's two. And the third is if you're going to commit to tracking that number, you are going to commit to track other things. And not just like how I feel in my mind. Uh, uh, I want a piece of paper. I want an app. I want a document on your word, you know, document. Yeah, yeah. I want it tracked visually just as aggressively as you're doing the scale. Mm-hmm. I want other things tracked. What is that? Yeah. It could be how you feel. It could be uh, any of the habits we talked about. It could be cholesterol levels. It could be uh, energy level at 2 p.m. It could be, I don't care. But you cannot tell me that the only thing that you're tracking like a, you, aggressively is a stupid box of springs over there. Give me a break. You know, anyway, I have some passion around this. (laughs) A hundred percent. No, I'm the same way. And I will tell you, I mean, I I love how you frame it with the terms of use. I I will, I guess what I, my approach is very similar, except that almost always no one gets past that first point. So it's just out. out. We just don't use it. And as you pointed out, no one is tracking the other things. If they're tracking anything, it's calories, which I'm like, no way we're not doing that. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. I love the idea of, 
you know, like if people keep training journals, track how you feel in your workouts, like track how you're recovering, track how you're sleeping, like whatever, track all these different things that are connected also to the different behavior changes, nutrition changes you're making. Those are very, very important. It's something I say all the time that when we talk about performance, people are just harping on weight and body comp all the time. And those are not the only things that affect performance. So, um, hundred percent. Preach, raise the roof, everything. But yeah, yeah, it's like, if I really am like, why am I getting on this scale? It's like, oh, because I want to see how strong I am. I want to see how happy I am. I want to see how healthy I am. Well, dude, mm. the scale's not doing any of that. So track something yeah. that sees how strong are you or endurance or whatever. Yeah. Track that. Track how happy or joyful you're feeling. Okay, track that then, you know, or energetic or whatever. You want to mm-hmm. see how healthy you are? Get some health markers. I just uh, yep. put in for yep. uh, a ton of blood work. Just I just got mine beyond, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, just beyond what my doctor yeah. will even do. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just looking at all these cool, like, tell me what my ApoB is. Tell me what yes. my omega-3 yes. to omega-6 totally. ratio is. I want to yep. know what my small LDLs are. Like, I want to be obsessed with the right thing. You know, uh, I want to be obsessed with the right thing. I, you know, and I, a lot of times when I'm talking to people, I would say, listen, you know what I want to make you? I want to make you care. I want to make you care about what you're eating, but I don't want to make you obsessed about it. Can mm-hmm. you just care and care a lot, care a lot, but you don't yeah. have to become obsessed. And so like a lot of times when you're tracking the wrong thing, it leads to obsession, which that can be a clue, babe. If you're like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, I feel obsessed and like my life is being taken over. <laughs> it's like, yes, get out. Yeah. That's a clue. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's yeah. a more yeah. fun, joyful way to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll share something that happens commonly in my practice and it kind of feeds into, uh, something we've already kind of touched on body gratitude, but, um, you know, a client will report that, you know, we're almost always people are coming in and they're very active and they're often not eating enough and especially not eating enough carbs. So we're, we're working on getting them to eat more. We're changing the pattern of their eating. So they're eating more consistently. Cause you know how it is. People are skipping breakfast. And I mean, you know how, how it goes. Um, but we're doing all this stuff. They're like, Oh my God, I'm eating so much more. And maybe they also came in being like, I'd like to lose some weight. And I'd be like, well, you know what? We're just going to look at you as a whole and what's going on. And we can talk about that later. Um, and so they're reporting, okay, I have more energy. I'm sleeping better. I'm performing better in my workouts and races. I'm not so food obsessed all the time, right? Which is a huge one. They're enjoying other aspects of their lives. Like, for instance, a client just reported to me, oh, I went out to eat with a girlfriend for dinner. And rather, normally I'd show up like starving to the meal because I didn't, I'm like, you know, saving my calories or whatever. And instead of that, I, I felt, you know, weren't ready for the meal, but I could actually focus on my friend and enjoy myself in a social situation rather than devouring the bread basket and just feeling gross and being starving. And I'm like, this is amazing. See, like food changes so many things in your life, right? So there are all these different things. However, they're not the weight they want to be. I knew you were going to say that. Struggle. I knew you were going to be that. I know. And, and I knew you were going to be like, my whole life is better in yes, every possible in way. every possible I way. Yeah, I can't thank you enough, except for the fact that- Except for the fact that- box that... of springs over there, it's yeah, not yeah, saying yeah. So, the right thing. So, yeah. but, but, you know, look, I, I, I understand. Like, they're like, okay, my clothes don't fit. And they're all these things. And, and I'm not being dismissive of that. I understand. Yes. Um, yes. And it's a mental struggle because- they love the fact that they don't have huge swings in hunger and they love the fact that they feel good in workouts and all these things, but their clothes still don't fit and they're in this much bigger body or whatever it may be. So that brings me to the topic of this body gratitude that, you know, we were speaking of before. And you said another thing I, you know, cause I read your website, of course. And, but you say like, you can't heal a body that you hate, which I love, but 
it's, again, this can be so hard for people, you know, and how we can all learn to be kinder to ourselves and especially to our bodies. I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on that. Oh, I have one thought. It's like, I don't think you're not going to do it until you hit rock bottom. That's it. When you make a decision, stop doing it. Here's the thing. Could I do that? Absolutely. Can I do that every single day? Absolutely. And you know what? I just decided I am done making myself feel like a piece of trash. I'm done mm-hmm. with it. And until yeah. you make that decision, you're just going to keep living in that undisciplined mind. I don't, I hate the word discipline, except for when it comes to your mind. You can have discipline of your mind and say, you know what? These thoughts are making me miserable. So I am going to now catch and flip. I call it the catch and flip. Catch myself and I say, man, I just said something horrible. I feel horrible because my thoughts lead to how I feel, lead to my actions. Guess what? Thoughts are everything. It starts every single thing starts with your thoughts. Have discipline of your thoughts and say, I'm, you know what? No, I am not allowing you to talk like that anyway. <laughs> like we're yeah. over that. We're not, we're making a decision. And I think until you actively make that decision, you are going to fall into the chokehold that diet culture has had on us women. Mm-hmm particularly. Um, I mean, I grew up with diet culture everywhere, everywhere. Of course my mind is going (laughs) to default to that, right? Of course my mind is defaulting to that. However, I can make a choice that I'm sick of it. And I got to tell you, I think that's the only way is that you get just so fed up and sick of it and just feel like so low and I'm the one causing it. It's like, no, not anymore. Not on my watch. I'm the boss yeah. now, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. I'm yeah. the boss of you mind. I'm, you are the boss. Yeah. That's the thing. You are the boss. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there, obviously this is a very, it's a very complicated topic because obviously there's eating disorders and disordered eating. And there, yes. I mean, there's just so many offshoots to this. So I'm not yes. trying to dis- be dismissive and I know you're not either. Um, we can't, some of us can't just be like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like sometimes it's not that easy, but I do think for some people it can be. And, and for some people it can be that they're just not willing to sacrifice all of these other things in their lives, you know, cause I, I always, you know, I always say like, at what cost, like you want to be this way at what cost? Because if something, as you say, if you're, if this weight or whatever, Oops, sorry, got my microwave. Um, I'm getting so so passionate. I'm swapping my microphone out. Yes, um, that's the way. If 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 this weight is not a weight that you can sustain, if it's not something that you can just live your life and be healthy and feel good, and you have to make yourself miserable mentally, physically sick, whatever. I mean, obviously that's not right for you, and that's something that I have to talk to some people about and be like, hey, you know that weight that you were 20 years ago? <laughs> maybe that's just like your body changed. You are older now, and maybe this is not just where you meant to be. It doesn't mean you can't be strong. It doesn't mean you can't be healthy. It doesn't mean you can't kick ass in whatever you're doing. That's not what I'm saying. But again, you're just tunnel vision on weight. So I, yeah, I really try to work on that, but it's, it's a hard one. It's so hard for people. Yeah. And like I say, I I really do believe it's like, until you make the decision that you're going to stop saying nasty things about your body, why, why would you stop? It's like what we were taught. You know what I mean? So it's like, you can stop saying nasty stuff about your body. You can make that decision. Catch yourself when you do. It's not going to, again, you can't fake it. You're going to do it. So yeah. once you do it, catch it and flip it and say, you know what? That was rude to say something about my butts or whatever, or my thighs <laughs> or whatever. I'm going, that was rude. That's not nice. 
And you yeah. know what? I'm going to flip that to be not, I don't have to be positive. I, I don't even have to be neutral. I just have to have some gratitude. Man, am I lucky that I'm not in a hospital room right now and I'm healthy enough to be out in the world. Like I can be, that is not BS. Like that is true. Like, so you really yeah. can, no matter who you are, you can catch yourself saying nasty things and decide to catch and flip. So gratitude. Yeah, and, and, and like going back to the thing you were talking about, like the, the, the thing in the shower where you're just kind of like, thank yes. you eyes for seeing. I mean, we take so much for granted, myself yes. included. I mean, yes. all the time. I'm like yes. the fact that I just ran for an hour and felt great or like I'm seeing things and hearing things. I mean, the body is incredible. It really is. And I mean, it does in some ways sound ridiculous to say out loud, but actually it's not because like it's it magic. is really amazing when you it's think an, about it. Yes. It it's really a is. magical machine. And it's like, you're on a team. Like I really feel like I am a body and I have this spirit little fairy that dances around inside and we're a team and I'm done saying nasty things. It's not helping me. Guess what? Here, here's the truth of the matter. If saying nasty things actually really helped me, I probably would do it. I probably would do it. You know what I mean? And yeah. the thing is, I, I now know that berating yourself actually not only doesn't help you, it in fact hurts you and puts you back. Think about a kid in school. He goes and he does a math test and he's trying so hard, you know, da, da, da. He comes home, he gets a C. If, what do you say? You say, oh, you're a dummy. You don't know what you're doing. You're stupid. You're never excelling at this, whatever. You think that kid's going to keep doing great at math and want to try math? It's like, no. But then why, if we know how to motivate kids, not by berating them, why would we berate ourselves and think that's going to be motivating? It just doesn't mm. work. Listen, if it worked, I'd go for it and I'd be all on board. I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> Saying bad things about yourself, though, really motivates <laughs> you and it gets stuff done. So let's let's make a list of all your shortcomings. Guess what? That does not work. The opposite is true. So you know what? It's doing it your own experiment. Seven days. Can you catch and flip negative patterns of bad thinking about nasty thoughts of yourself, say them, catch them, flip them to gratitude and see if it doesn't help you, you know? And it's like, yeah. oh shit, this does work. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I have to do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that reminds me of a friend said this to me recently on, on one of my runs. And I think someone said it to her, but she's like, we need to stop shooting all over ourselves, oh, which love I love it. because you know, I think most of us, and I very much include myself in this, we fall into the I should trap versus I want to, and we act accordingly. Um, and I know personally, like the I should, I just go into such a negative spiral when I go down that I should road. And it's so hard to resist the shoulds. I mean, my goodness, <laughs> it is like, it's part of like, like every day there's a should, oh, I should do this. Or, I, or sometimes it's I need to, which uh, I guess it's a little different than should, like, obviously, like you need to do the dishes and stuff like that. But, but still, I mean, there's the should. So replacing with want to, and I know this is a part of how you approach things, you know, I want to, that's a big part of nutrition and, you know, making change, positive change. So yeah, how are you helping people move from should to I want to when it comes to healthy habits? And I guess I should also add, what if the I want to is not healthy at all? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Well, right? so the yeah, the couple of things I you know, I think the first thing is I use this a lot the word want about food decisions and like mm -hmm. what to eat. Mm -hmm. Most of the time when people are coming to me, it's because 
they are so confused about how to make a food decision. They're like, you know what? I did keto for this long, so I'm not sure if I should be doing that. Then I started following Whole30 and I was, you know what? Now that, so now when I go to the store, I don't even really know what to eat because I'm not really following a diet. So it's like, you know, how do I make food decisions? And it's like, oh my God. Like literally the first question, <laughs> nobody knows. The first question is, what do I want to eat? And mm-hmm. regardless of health, regardless of weight, regardless of any sort of repercussions you have in your mind, can you think about what you want to eat? And so many people are so removed from that question. They do not mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And so I said, okay, let's, again, regardless of weight, regardless of health, Think about a menu. Think about a restaurant you've been to. Think about vacation. What do you order if like all rules are off limits from your head? Like, mm-hmm. let's get dreamy. Let's get, let's really tap into wants without sort of that straddling, you know, of what kind of diet you're on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even getting people to figure out what they want to eat regardless of health or weight is very difficult. So practicing that, we do a lot. Coming up with want lists of like, what what are some things that you, you could order anything at this restaurant? What would you order? You know, and things like that. Um, so that we can say, okay, those are the things we need to make sure in your plan. And I am somebody who really believes that everything can be balanced in a way that is nutritious for your soul and for your cells. Like I mm. am hugely, like second book is called Superfood Swap. Like I am legit about and dietitians say all foods fit. I say all foods fit, but some fit better than others. Like there are more nutrients in other foods than there are others. So can you make a meal that what you want, say you want a salad, you're like, I really love it. It's like, okay, make sure that feels soulfully also good for you. Right. So that it's not just feels like, oh, my cells like this, but does also like my soul. I call it, you know, health nut and wild challenge. Do you feel very balanced mm-hmm, mm-hmm. inside? You know, so not going one extreme or the other uh, and really trying to balance it so that you feel, and it's not any one particular food you add. Like, this is a good yeah, food. This yeah. is a bad food. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, a vibe. Yeah, yeah. It's a vibe. I don't know what it would be. You are the one who knows. Like, is the vibe feel balanced to you? After you're done eating this, do you feel as healthy and happy as you can be? And it's like, I don't know, you know, it's like, let's keep working with this. Let's keep working. So want balance. And then the ownership piece is a shortcoming for everybody. People love to eat and then berate themselves for the next days, days, days to Mm -hmm. come. So I have Mm -hmm. a rule. The rule is do all of your thinking ahead about what you want and is it balanced and how's it going to feel? And then you eat it, you own it, you move on. No more thinking about it. Done. Case closed, over and out, and silo. It put it in its silo. Like you ate, that is got no other influence on the next time we practice food. What do you want? How do you balance it? Own the poop out of it. Like go, eat it, enjoy Mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. move on. Um, Mm -hmm. so I really feel like practicing all of those things for food decision-making is very helpful because those Mm -hmm. are a lot of those parts are overlooked that, you know, it's like people are so diet culture. People don't know how to eat if they're not following a diet. Yep. A hundred percent, which I mean, and people come to all the time and they're just like, tell me what to eat. I'm like, well, yes. And I'll do some handholding, but I'm not going to be with you forever. So I'm not going to hand you a meal plan and you got to learn certain principles. And then you have to also learn how to do this for yourself. Um, so yeah, it can be really confusing when there aren't like step-by-step instructions 
um well obviously well we we give them step by step instructions but you know what i mean like like down to the the every last gram of everything you need right like you have to as you say you need to learn how to own it and move on um and figure out what works what works for you i know for me and what i do i always bring it back to that concept of feeling good because no one feels like if you want to drink a bunch or stay up really late or, you know, maybe they're the things again in that moment that you want to do, you, you, you eat a little too much, whatever. No one wants to feel like crap. So if you bring it back to what feels good to you and these things that you do, do not feel good, then I don't, I think it's not too easy to turn a should to a want to, because you want to feel good, you know? So that's at least how I like to think about it. Um, I wonder if there's anything else that we have not touched on in this conversation that you want to talk about, because we've kind of explored lots of things. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, you know, it feels like uh, there's a roundabout. Like we, We've covered so much, it feels a roundabout. So it's sort of like, you know, what is the, the idea here? Is yeah. I, I feel like if I was going to boil it down, it's like joy is a success tool. Do you know, like, I feel like we come to that, like, Mm. Whether it's how we're talking about ourselves, how we're making food decisions, what we're deciding to track or care about. At the end of the day, you know, I really wouldn't personally care about this if it didn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, it yeah. is actually, it's not just for fluff. It really is a success tool to get you to where you want to be without being obsessively focused on the outcome, but having mm. that process of really thinking about you know, gratitude and play and simplicity through the journey. And then it's like, mm. oh yeah, I think this is the point of life. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think this, I think we've uncovered <laughs> something here, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I really don't want to be some fluff talker. I really yeah. don't want to be namaste, blah, blah, blah. I really want to hear science to this and it works. So experiment it uh, in your own world and see if it isn't for you also uh, a tool of success. Absolutely. No, I've, I've loved this conversation so much. Um, so is there anything on the horizon for you that you want to share? Anything you want to plug or announce to my listeners? Oh, you know what? I am, I have been so dedicated, uh, in with my heart, uh, my weekly newsletter that I always do. And you know, whether newsletters are old fashioned or whatever, I call it the weekly wow, words of wisdom, my weekly wow. Love it. Probably for, I don't know, 15 years, I have done it every single week. And I put in so much love that I would love to encourage people to, if you you are interested in having this mindset, um, sign up for the weekly wow. Because even though it's not new and fresh, every week is, every week I put a little something (laughs) new and fresh. And usually a lot of selfies in there. I love, I have a lot of selfies that I send out. So anyway. Love it. That's my baby. Mm-hmm. So are you going to be turning this into a book? I feel like this is your next book waiting to happen. Oh my gosh. Should I tell you about, so this is, I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm putting ah! all these concepts together. This is usually how I do my first round of things is I think, okay, yeah. what are some of the things I've been teaching? You know, how are they, how do they link together? Yeah. Is this new and different that I'm not just putting the same garbage in the world? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, so I, right now I'm on my, um, old-fashioned poster board and my post-it love it. notes. Love I can it. show you this. is like my post-it note station. Oh, I have love all it. my post-its. Um, so, yeah, no, 
I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I'm still uh, playing with it, but I do feel like there's a lot of concepts here that have helped mm. me a lot. And I have very much found that if I'm moved by my message, that it is something that I feel moved to share. So, you know, quite possibly, Claire. Quite possibly. I, I feel like this has like book written all over it. I don't know, like the, <laughs> especially the way that it's evolved and it's packaged in the context of your life and the impact it's had on your life. Put a little personal twist on it. I don't know. I, I keep hitting my microphone. Um, I feel like that, I don't know. I feel like that's in the works. That that was my gut feeling. I was like, I feel like this is happening somewhere. So it is actually happening somewhere out there on the poster board. (laughs) I love it's happening somewhere, but yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I need to hire you as the coach. Oh God. I mean, no, coach me, coach me. Oh my God. No, 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 no. Oh my God. I'm trying to put a course out and it's taking like a thousand years. I'm the worst (laughs) person. (laughs) Well, you know what? I love Um, that you're moving in the direction of it. You're moving in the, we're both moving in the direction of it. Yeah. Very slowly. Very, very slowly. Um, all right, let's, let's uh, wrap this up with some quick bites questions and then I'll let you get on with your day. What is your favorite post workout meal or snack? Oh, you know what? Here's the thing. It maybe if it sounds boring to you, sorry about it, everybody, but I got to say, I have joy in my routine of my shake. My post-workout shake is berries, flax seeds, and then spinach or watercress or both, and then protein powder and creatine. And, mm. I, and a little, um, uh, usually like an unsweetened almond milk, but it could be anything that I have that's liquid, sometimes even plain water. Even though I feel like roll your eyes and like, how could she love her routine where it's like just the most boring protein shake? I get so excited about how refreshing that feels. I, I have the perfect texture I've created with it. It just feels like it's, I, I envision it dripping over every one of my cells and my cells cheering and saying, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> and so like I, it brings me great joy uh, because I feel like I'm being a great steward of my cells and thanking them for all the work that they put in for lifting all those heavy things and being Love such it. a strong fit lady. <laughs> Love it. And that is actually what I had after my run, um, except I had Greek yogurt instead of protein powder. And I haven't doubled in creatine yet, although I've considered it because I know it is like everyone loves creatine. Um, I actually have it sitting on my shelf just waiting to be tried. So. <laughs> I'm at my one year anniversary. I wrote down when really? I first started doing. I just yesterday actually was my one yeah. year anniversary of really working with it. Yep, I love Game it. Changer. For, uh, <laughs> be, I, beyond the uh, just uh, gym stuff about the mm. cognitive um, mm-hmm, angle mm-hmm. that uh, you start yeah. reading more research on. Yeah, I'm really yeah. interested in that. Um, so anyway, you know, I've liked it for the yeah. for the year. I've, awesome, I've done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, what about pre workout? What are you reaching for? Oh, okay. Well, uh, pre-workout is electrolytes. So mm-hmm. I try and not be one of the uh, four, 40 to 50% of people who walk into the gym dehydrated. I try not mm-hmm. to be one of them. So mm-hmm. that uh, mushroom coffee. So it's half coffee for the caffeine um, jolt of it. Yeah, um, yeah. But then also some like medicinal mushrooms in there. Plus it's mm-hmm. hydration. So I like that. Um, and then I'm a big essential amino acids girl actually lately these days. Um, okay. So I, uh, I'm just, you know, lifting strong things and having a flooding of some essential amino acids, especially leucine over my body as I'm lifting weights. Um, I enjoy. So, you know, hydration, hydration, I'm early morning and don't do great 
um, with a full stomach. But I know, you know, when I'm counseling people, I make sure we do what you say is, how do you feel? (laughs) How do you feel? How do you feel? Like doing this stuff, not everybody feels great. I feel amazing doing this routine and I've created it Mm -hmm. for myself. And it's not what I eat in a day so everybody can do it. It's what I eat in a day and find your own joy. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Find your own routine. I'm curious about the mushrooms. Why mushrooms? Oh, yeah. Oh, um, so they, so, um, okay, fine. Um, so do you want the truth? The truth is I uh, could be an easily addicted to coffee. I've been there. I've been in a real addictive, horrible place with caffeine. So I like this because it's half of a cup of coffee and the other mushrooms are also for cognition and alertness. Um, okay. so it gives me sort of the effects of it without going the dark hole of yes. caffeine yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. obsession. Okay. Oh man. Thank I'm trying you. to picture the combination of mushrooms and coffee taste. Does that taste weird? Oh, I somehow think it tastes great. And my husband <laughs> is like, this stuff tastes like mud. I'm like, what? Are you sure? I was like, I think this is great. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, like lion's mane and, uh, yeah, yeah. and those mm-hmm. kinds of things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But totally. it's little, it's, you know, it really tastes yeah. more like coffee because it's real coffee mm-hmm. also in there. Yeah. So I know you like to come up with recipes and, and all that good stuff for brands or for yourself. What has been your biggest cooking related catastrophe if you've had one? Oh my gosh. Um, a catastrophe. I mean, can I, it's honestly, most of my things start out as a catastrophe. <laughs> I will say like, you know, right now, um, I'm working on, um, uh, these like trail mix cookies and I'm not a baker mm. really. I'm not a real baker. Mm. So I'm always like trying to figure it out. I'm on like batch with, I, I'm not exaggerating. I think this is my seventh try. <laughs> so, oh, no. so let's just say when people hire me and they're like, are you going to recipe test this? I'm like, girl, I'm going to be recipe testing this for the next nine months. <laughs> because I got 9 million episodes of this. But so yeah, a lot of times, um, you know, I, I, I like to play around and just, and get it right. But a lot of times it doesn't start out that right at the beginning. But if you're doing mm-hmm. one of my recipes, just know I've really tried it. And I've tried it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> Lots of trail mix cookies in your house, I guess. That yes, taste very good. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, how do you like your eggs cooked if you eat eggs? Oh, with kale and cheddar cheese. Uh, so usually a scrambled kale and cheddar cheese. Best combo. What's your favorite beverage? Oh God, please. You can't ask somebody that because I am one of these people who has 17 beverages on their desk at any one time. <laughs> I know, right? Like, it's the hardest oh. one for the dietitians. Yeah, I, I just, I love to have a lot of beverages because I'm not naturally somebody who uh, wants to be hydrated. Somehow I don't gravitate toward liquids. And mm-hmm. so I have to have a lot of variety, a lot of variety of flavors between, you know, plain water, sparkling water, um, you know, part of that decaf coffee that's on there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, once in a while I'll be in like a matcha iced tea moment, you know, whatever. Like lemon water, blah, blah, blah. I'll have all of it. Uh, iced, oh my gosh. Here, I'm going to say though, something that you could really go for is iced cinnamon tea. Ooh, that sounds good. It's Yum. delicious. Who would think about this? So I, my second book was uh, really written drinking out of these purple, beautiful goblets with either hot cinnamon tea or cold cinnamon tea, depending on uh, the season that I was drinking it. And it's just delicious. <laughs> it's just delicious. I also like fennel tea. Come on, man. Ginger tea, mint tea, <laughs> uh, you know, hot or cold. I, liquids. 
Go liquids. All liquids. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite beverage? Liquids. Great. Liqu- that's your official liquids, answer. baby. That's your, that's your official answer, <laughs> DJ B, DJ Don. Yes. <laughs> Goldie. Thank whatever. you. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Uh, what are your comfort foods? Oh, I'm Chicago girl. So you know I'm going to say when there's something going on, I'm going to need a pizza. <laughs> I'm going to need a pizza. There you go. Okay. I love a pizza. All right. And what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, interesting. I used to be because I feel like I always channel like, um, you know, an, like an old soul. I used to love butter pecan, butter pecan, <laughs> like an old granny. I used to love butter pecan. But now I'm sort of into um, mint chocolate chip. It just mm. feels so refreshing. refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially like where it's like a really fresh mint, not like yeah. the traditional yeah. kind of like more Baskin Robbins stuff, but like a fresh mint. So nice. Yeah. So I feel um, mint chocolate chip. Yeah. And last question, what are the top three items of athletic gear that are most essential to your active lifestyle? Okay, it has to be super bright leggings and uh, top. Like, it has to be bright. Um, I Music is life for me. Like, it has to be, I have to have a good um, playlist going. I mean, today mm-hmm. I was memorizing lyrics of all sorts of songs. Oh, my God, I'm doing <laughs> such a good job on that. Um, so that... <laughs> And gear, another thing that's gear, another thing that's gear. Jump rope? Well, I mean, yeah, I guess that is part yeah. of my gear. I guess I do walk around and so colorful jump ropes. All right. Thanks for the answer. And I agree with it. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so much, Don, for coming on the show. Where can everyone find you online to join oh. your newsletter or follow along? I love it. Uh, DJBlatner.com is, uh, and then you can get to everything you need, but really for that wow uh, newsletter, that's, that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today and sharing the joy. This has been truly joyful. I've been feeling lots of joy in this conversation and I also learned something from you as, I mean, there are lots of great tidbits that we can take away from this. So thank you very much. Uh, Thanks for having me, Claire. I love spending time with you. Awesome. All right. That's our show for today. Thanks again, Dawn, so much for chatting with me. I know my mind is not always in the most positive place and I'm definitely working on being kinder and more compassionate towards myself and shifting my mindset to make space for more joy and gratitude in my life. I hope you all enjoyed that one. I really did. And if you did, please be sure that you're following my show wherever you listen. And if you have a minute, please rate and review it um, to help me grow my audience. You can share it with friends too. Always, always appreciate it. If you're able to support the show financially, again, I have a Patreon page. I'd love to see you over there. Even if you're a free member, come join us. Um, Patreon members do get some great perks, including free merch, huge discounts on digital downloads, and so much more. Um, so come join us over there. Thank you so much for your support and please feel free to email me claire at eatforendurance.com with any feedback, questions, or topic requests. Thank you so much and see you all next time.